I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And, and we the Connected, connected experience. experience. Hey, bro, what's the Connected Experience? The Connected Experience is where we take two individuals from the same walk of life who went down different paths. We connect them with each other, and hopefully they do business on the strength of us connecting them. But this time, we got a special guest, and like we like to do, we like to connect the listeners with people who we fans of, fans of their artistry, fans of their business, fans of stuff that they do, so y'all can get familiar with these people. And this time, man, we got a good one because we know everybody in the world has seen something this man has done. So uh, you got a book pick of the week or something you need to know? Well, I don't got a book pick. I got a something you need to know, someone you need to know. And right. the someone you need to know is actually Jane Michael Basquiat. Okay. He was an American artist born December 22nd, 1960, and he passed away uh, August 12th, 1988, at the age of 27 years old. He started out as a member of the famed SAMO graffiti duo known for all their works throughout the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Basquiat went on to use social commentary in his art as a springboard to uh, un, to to let you know about deeper truths, racism, and a lot of things with the power structure. Sadly, Basquiat passed away of a heroin overdose in his art studio, and he was only 27 years old. Yeah, you know what's crazy about that? Like a pair of my favorite Reeboks is a, a, a pump, a Reebok pump that's a Basquiat pump. And uh, I remember when those came out when I was working uh, with the retail, people really didn't catch on to it. And I still feel like people ain't really catch on until like Jigga start rapping about him I see Swiss Beats do a lot of stuff uh, with his art so even though he's been gone for a long time he's like I guess finally getting his just due but uh, we but got that's what happened with artists though like yeah, yeah like an artist his art is worth something like years years later somebody don't even know what they doing with their art until like years later when it's selling for millions of dollars and that right. might be something he did like in 1975 yeah I mean, hopefully did. his family can benefit from it so we actually got a, a real life artists with us today uh, go ahead and introduce yourself boss oh they call me uh, my name is Ronald um, Risky Brent but now I go by the uh, moniker Risky Forever cause um, a lot of the stuff that I've done it'll be around forever it'll be around forever and that's we gonna get into some of the stuff you've done but let's get into your story so we out here in LA recording we actually from Michigan a, a small city called Inkster, Michigan 20 minutes outside of Detroit so since we in LA we had to get some LA people some official LA people so tell us about growing up in Compton I mean, growing up in Compton, it was kind of wild, you know, during the time that I was growing up because, like, that was, like, the height of the drug ec epidemic, you know what I'm saying? And the drive-bys, you know, the gangs was really, like, they was, like, it was, like, it was really off the hook, you know what I'm saying? I, a lot of people, you know, friends that I would see, like, on Friday, I might not be able to see that same person on a Monday, you know what I mean? Because it was, like... It was that serious. It was really that serious back in the day. I mean, like I said, when the, when the, when the crack cocaine came in, you know, that just made, that made it real bad to live there, you know what I mean? And then on top of the gangs and all of that, you know, because the gangs and the crack cocaine, they kind of came together. So it was, it was, it was like, a, it was a real live experience growing up in the city. So now, if you're not from L.A., it's a difference between L.A. and Compton, right? Yeah, it's a difference. I like to say that. You know, a lot of people, you know, when I come from Compton, a lot of people, you know, on the outside of Compton, like when I go to L.A., I feel like L.A. people, sometimes they feel like, oh, I don't want to go to Compton because they have this stigma of what Compton is like. Yeah. But then when I go to L.A., I see sometimes L.A. people, they worse than where we come from. You and, know what I mean? And so. that's how it is with us. So we like to say when it comes to rap. Compton actually took the shine from L.A. at one point with the rap with N.W.A. And we from a small city. We from Angster. That's 20 minutes from the city uh, of Detroit. And uh, we kind of feel that same type of thing because it's like mm -hmm. we not Detroit. 
and we feel like we not Detroit, so we got to let people know, like, wait a minute, we are our own city, and I seem like to get some of that when it comes from Compton, too. Mm-hmm. Like, on the grand scheme of things, people just think everything in California the same. I heard somebody say something about the Bay being the same as L.A. They nine hours away. Like, no, it's, it's different. Compton, nah, it's, it's Bay, different. it's L.A. Yeah, Compton stand on his own. It's like you just said, it's like Compton, then it's L.A., then it's the Bay because everybody on their own different little get down. You know yeah, what I'm even saying? Long because, Beach. Yeah, even Long Beach because when I go to the Bay, I be like, God damn. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this not what I'm used to. You know what I mean? So... Everybody got their own different stature. Everybody, you know, they got different things on how they move and all of that. And like, so being a kid from a place like Compton, like, how did you discover art? I mean, I discovered art like, like it was crazy for me because when I grew up, I discovered art from my aunt. You know, okay. my mom, my mom, like she she worked all the time, so my aunt would babysit me, and my aunt she was like a real serious artist back in the day, and like. She used to sit me on her lap and I used to look at her draw all the time, you yeah. know what I mean? And that kind of like inspired me to like want to be an artist. And it wasn't until like I got to school, it was like, it was a crazy incident. It was like I got to school and at that time I, w- I wanted to be an artist so bad I was just like tracing out a coloring books, you know, going to school, telling her, you know, everybody I drew this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This was what, this is how I got out, showing the teacher and everybody yeah. like, oh, you're a great artist. <laughs> and it wasn't until one day the teacher really wanted me to draw something and I couldn't do you it. Couldn't do it. So like you, the, the jig was up. The jig, yeah, the jig was up. She wanted me to draw a cow. And it was actually an essay contest where, you know, a girl in my class, she won an essay, she won an essay contest, and they needed the art to represent. And the teacher was like, yo, you know, Ronald, he draws so good. Let's get him to draw this cow. Now she and wanted you to draw the cow right there or she wanted me to draw right there. Okay, so, that's what messed you up. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, if I would have been able to go home, you know what I'm saying, and get down, you know, with the tracing or something, you know, they would it would have happened. But it happened that way. I messed that girl paper up. <laughs> I was embarrassed, you know what I'm saying. And from that time on, being embarrassed from that, it, it really pushed me and motivated me to really want to, you know, get out here and really learn how to draw. And that's what I did. Okay, so now. Uh, at this time you say you growing up in Compton the drugs the gangs being an artist wasn't something that was like looked at as like something cool right like cause somebody who could draw even though you might have did your thing outside of drawing like mm-hmm. know, when, when people know that people are artsy they look at them different so mm-hmm. how did you deal with that was that the something that you had to deal with I mean I don't know. It kind of made it kind of separated me from everything else that was going on in the city. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people like they would overlook me. Like you know, because like I said at that at that time when I was going to high school and I really was like into the art. Like the gangbanging was high. You know what I mean? So I would just be different in what I was doing, and a lot of people would recognize that. And I was just I was cool because I was just like the talented kid. You know what I'm right. saying? And I didn't really have no problems. Like I was just. At that age, I was doing murals on my school and everything, so everybody recognized me. So I got kind of got popular from from, from doing doing just that. Right. You know what I mean? So speaking of murals, uh, graffiti. I heard you was really heavy in graffiti. Oh man, I was heavy in the graffiti, man. I was I was heavily influenced by um, Ramo from B Street. Okay, okay. So I like to you know always give credit to that because I'm like you know I wouldn't have never really started getting into the hip hop aspect of art if it wasn't for me seeing B Street and Ramo and, and seeing what happened with him. So was graffiti a big thing on the West Coast? Like, like, cause I, you know, like on the East Coast, like even back with DJ K Slay, he really a graffiti artist and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Was like, was you, was you out there tagging and people knew that that was your tag? Yeah, or? man, I was up tagging, 
tearing my school up, tagging all over my school, like catching buses, tagging on everything, my clothes tagged on, everything, like tagging in my room, like <laughs> yeah. to the point my mom's like, Hey, uh, don't write nothing else up in here. Don't put nothing <laughs> else on this wall. Don't do nothing else up in here. Like you that's off limits for you from now on. Okay, so a very influential person in your life, uh, Miss Ferris. Like how did she how did she inspire you and influence you? Man, she was like out of all of the like teaching you know, just watching my watching my aunt, I never had got any like professional teaching. Okay. And Miss Ferris, that was my high school art teacher, so she kind of took me from like doing street art to the fine art aspect. She taught me how to like draw real people, you know what I mean, scenes and stuff like that. So she really like pushed me, you know, from from one box to the next on, you know, being who I am today. Are you still in contact with her? Yeah, definitely. I still am to this day. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. So once you was uh, so we did the graffiti. You discovered the art, and then you you start airbrushing at the mall. Like what what made you do the entrepreneur thing and say I'm gonna do some airbrush at the mall? Give me I some actually money. started airbrushing when I was in high school. It was like all of the football games. You know, everybody wanted me to airbrush something for the football game. So, you know. Everybody else would be asking their moms and pops for lunch money every day, but I didn't have to do that, you know what I mean? Because right. I would go to school and I would be making money at school. Like, that was my business because everybody knew me from doing that. So they would always, you know, get stuff for me, want to buy stuff for me throughout the week, and then I would have it all ready for them on a Friday for the game, you know what I'm saying, for everybody to be able to, like, wear their clothes for the game. So if you, you caught her on a graffiti or with the airbrush, like if you, you know what I'm saying, like what what you... I mean, it was like a mixture of graffiti, <laughs> airbrush, you know what I'm saying? I kind of just brought everything like to the table with that. It was like, you know, everybody would come to me like, oh, I want to get this. I might want to have like, we had a rivalry with Lynn with Linwood and our team was the Dominguez Dons and then there would be the Linwood Knights oh we want to we want you know what I'm saying we want you to burn the night up we want a yeah. night in the fire you know what I mean so I would you know whatever whatever people came with I would you know I would do that you still got some of those old pieces man nah man people you know people more more people that that got those pieces from back in the day, they might show me something, you know what I mean? But I don't really have nothing from back in that day. Yeah. But they would show me, and I would just look like, damn, I can't even believe I did that because my skills have improved so, so much, much past high school. Yeah, so it's like kind of like if a rapper heard like his first rap, he'd be yeah. like, dang, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Through through the airbrushing uh, and you was at the, so you started in high school getting your money and then you say I'm gonna take was it a mall or a swap meet because like where we from it ain't no swap meets but I know yeah, like, it was I, a, I started off in the Compton swap meet that was like like one of the most popular spots in Compton where everybody would go you know what I mean yeah. it was like the Compton swap meet was like our Crenshaw. Okay, you know what I mean? Because L A you know they had a Crenshaw everybody would cruise down Crenshaw but everybody would cruise at the Compton swap meet. So I used to airbrush there. Um, this guy um, named Clifford Morris, which, you know, he taught me a lot of stuff, too. He had a shop there called Radical Air Designs, and I started working with him. He started teaching me a lot. So it just gained. I just started getting more, nor more notoriety, too, because people already knew me from being from Compton. And now all of a sudden I'm at the uh, Compton Swap Meet, which is one of the most popular spots. So it kind of like stamped there. your art. Yeah, it stamped me, and it kind of like made me like... A bigger entity in what I was doing. Yeah. 
Yeah, so once you like once you pursue that, like what's your next step after that? Like so as an artist, like do you say like, okay, I know I want to do this for the rest of my life and like now that she taught you how to draw scenes and do portraits and stuff, like how do you take it to the next level? Because for somebody who don't know about art, what we do on our show is like your story go inspire somebody. Mm -hmm. And for somebody they they might be stuck right now and be like, What do I do next? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how did you put all of that right there what you had learned so far to say I'm gonna do art and I'm gonna take it to the next level well I mean the next level it's like I'm going into y'all questions because y'all 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 questions that y'all haven't asked me yet growing up you know being a part of that you know I started noticing like a lot of death row album covers that was coming out you know during the time that I was doing everything and a lot of them were illustrated yeah and being so close, because I'm from the same neighborhood Suge Knight is from, so being so close to all of that and seeing all of that, I just kept telling myself that it's, I have to maneuver my way to get to Death Row Records some type of way because I want to be the next person that's doing these album covers. The illustrations. Yeah, so, you know, it took one step to the next, but... I end up making it there, but I kept telling myself that that's what I was going to do. I kept right. putting that in the universe right. and it ended up happening. Right. And that's what I was going to say. Like I find when dealing with people in the world, people who have clear cut goals reach their goals more. Mm -hmm. You said, look, I do illustration. I see they do illustration. I want to be the next illustrator for this particular place. And it happened. I mean, you've been doing that at the time for years, but it only takes one person to say, yo, that's it right there. Who who did that? Exactly. Well, you know, for for a minute, I just kept drawing, you know, different different pictures and drawing different portraits of like Tupac, Suge, and you know, people that I knew in my neighborhood. That new Suge kept showing him the pictures. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And to, it got to the point to one day he wanted to meet me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And after I, after I ended up meeting him. Everything didn't go down the way that I wanted to. It wasn't until, you know, Tupac came and they started shooting the California Love video at the Compton Swap Meet that I ended up running into Suge again. Oh, because you was at the Swap Meet? Yeah, I happened to be at the Swap Meet. At this time, my friend Cliff, he had ended up moving from the Compton Swap Meet to a, uh, a two-story town, two-story, like, store, like, yeah. across the street from the Swap Meet. So he had started his, like, he started his whole different airbrush store there so it's just nice just if you come in here you coming specifically for yeah us. you coming the reason why he did that is because when we were working at the Compton Swap Meet it would be days that we would be like we would have overflow okay. and when the Compton Swap Meet closed we had to leave you know yeah. what I'm saying so he wanted to get a storefront where if we wanted to be there all night we could Right. so he ended up opening that storefront what happened to be right across the street from the Compton Swap Meet and that kind of made it easily accessible to people you know what I mean that, 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 that was used to coming yeah that, that was used anyway. to coming and yeah. all they had to do was go across the street to see yeah. it so it was just that day I happened to be leaving out and I noticed it was like a big car carrier like with, with low riders and all kind of I didn't, I didn't have no idea at this <laughs> yeah. time you know what I mean what was yeah. going on like it was they was going to shoot a video and all of that and I ended up leaving to run to the airbrush store for my boy and when I come back this car carrier is down it's like groves of people like <laughs> it's pandemonium yeah so I'm like asking around like hey what's, what's going on what's going on I'm asking a couple of my homies from the neighborhood and they're like oh Tupac over there they shooting a video over there and I'm like what so I took off over there you know to go see what was going on and I, I ran into Suge I saw Suge and at that time it was like so many people were surrounding him, you know what I mean, that yeah. I didn't want to be that person because it was like, if you see, a, you know, you, you he already got a line of people. Right. So he's trying to talk to this whole line of people. So 
each person that's in that line, they only gonna get maybe a minute and a half to 30 seconds of his time before right. he had to talk to, to the, the next, next guy. You feel me? So what I did was I said to myself, like, I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna be the last person because my I need my conversation to be longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I was there for like maybe about two hours. And I seen him finally talking to the last person. So that's when I walked up and I introduced myself and I told him who I was. And he was just like, yo, I seen some pictures. Do you got that same book? And at that day, I wasn't prepared. So I was like, yeah, I do, but it's across the street. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I wasn't really expecting all of this. Like, right, I'm just coming back from yeah. the airbrush store, dog. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, look, go get your book. And I was like, you ain't going to leave, is you? He was like, little homie, go get your book. I'm going to be waiting right here. Don't go. You know, go get your book and come back. So I took off across the street. I grabbed my book. Now, how far is the distance across the street? I mean, the distance probably would be like maybe from here, you know what I mean, to the back wall of the parking lot out there. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah, so you had a little... You, yeah. yeah, so I... Plus, I ran too, so that kind of <laughs> kind of faster, you know what I mean? So I ran over there. I got it. Then I walked back up to him. He was right there, and he told me to um, come, come go with him. So I started walking behind him, and we walked up to a van, and Tupac was inside. Yeah. So he tapped on the door, opened the door. Tupac was in there with, like, a gang of chicks. So um, he told Tupac come out. He wanted to meet, you know, he wanted him to meet one of his little homies. So he was like, yo, I'm just a little homie from the neighborhood. He draw. Yeah. He started looking at my book. And then after that, Tupac was like, well, I want to get him to work on something. So... You know, my first project was supposed to have been for um, America's Most Wanted with him and Snoop. Yeah, yeah, the single. Yeah, but it didn't happen that way. It ended up where I ended up working on an um, insert for the All Eyes on Me album. Right. So that's what, like, set my career off. And then maybe, like, after I did that, maybe, like, two months later, I was hired on that Death Row Records to be, like, their... Um, had an art department, me and my boy Hen Dog, rest in peace. Yeah, so, yeah, Hen Dog. Yeah. yeah. So at at that point, when you working for uh, Death Row, you ain't doing hairbrushing no more. No, I was doing hairbrushing. You still was doing yeah. it. I was definitely doing Did it. That I had my your own business spot. up. Man, it, it cranked my business up, but it didn't really crank my business as far as like what I really needed. Like you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because it was like I was like I was the guy that was doing the artwork, but then at that time it was like. I was so behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, I like to tell people these days, like, it's like right now I'm reinventing myself all over again because a lot of people really don't know who I am or what I've done out here. You know what I mean? They, yeah. You know, it's a lot of artists out here, you know, that have seen my work. They have been inspired by me, but they don't know who I am. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like... The person behind Yeah, when I was there... We didn't have no Twitter. We yeah. didn't have no Facebook. We didn't have no Instagram. I wouldn't. I didn't. I didn't get to really like social media that and share. You know what I mean? Share some of my experiences at Death Row. Even share my artwork. Or even, you know, during the time that I was working on everything. So it's like now. It's like I'm finally getting to be able to share that with people what happened even though it's 20 years later it seemed like it's still a fact today because them albums like I, like I say by my name Risky Forever they gonna go on forever it's like every year somebody wanna know something different about Death Row or something different is just popping up in the media about yeah. Death Row yeah right but being that you so much more than like just like a Death Row story because oh I, the, I like to say I'm so much more than that you know yeah, what I mean yeah exactly like, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't move far beyond that you know what I mean even though as much as I try to escape that, people won't let me really escape that. They just, they drag me back, you know what I'm saying? Because they feel like I'm so, such a part of the legacy of Tupac because of the artwork that I did for him, you know yeah. what I mean? That people really can't let me 
go on to do something else. Right, it's like having that one big super hit record. Yeah. You you got other good music and you Mm -hmm. had stuff good before that, but everybody want to know about that. And everybody still want to know about that. So it's like, you know, I still pay homage to Pac because I feel like if it wasn't for Pac, you know what I'm saying, even though my grind was tough, he was the first person to give me the opportunity to do a piece of art that went worldwide. Right. You know what I mean? That that was my first first commercial, commercial piece of artwork. Yeah, yeah. So I know you got like a, a big ass poster hanging. I mean, picture. Man, like, I got, how, what you got of that hanging in your house? I mean, right now I don't really have nothing hanging. It's what I have, like just put away. You know yeah. what I mean? I have, like, I have. Man, I I just wrote a book about my experience there, which I have like all types of pictures. I mean, I have prints of all my artwork that I have. Like, I have some of everything you know left. I just got, I got like a lot of memories, man. A lot of them. So what's some other famous uh, album covers people might not know that you were behind? I mean, let me see. Well, you already know I did the cover from Machiavelli, The Seven Day Theory. Yeah. I did Death Row's Greatest Hits. Yeah. I did Death Row's Christmas album. I did Nate Dogg's G-Funk Classics. Yeah. I did Daz Dinnager's Retaliation, Revenge, and Get Back. Yeah, that was my shit, too. I did Snoop Dogg's The Dogfather album. Like, and there was so much other artwork that I did that I didn't even get a chance to come out. Like, I worked on um, the Death Row uh, compilation for uh, Two Gangsta for Radio. But when Suge went to jail, that kind of changed up. So I didn't even get, the, you know, really the opportunity to come out. It's just, it's just, it was a lot of stuff that I did at Death Row. Now, out of all of that that you did at Death Row, uh, excluding the Tupac stuff, because obviously that's the stuff that took you to the next level. Man. What was, what, what did you, what did you have the most fun working on? I mean, really, the album cover that I really had the most fun working on was like was um, the reta- retaliation, revenge, and get back with Daz. You know what I'm saying? Because Daz, like, Daz would come in every morning, and at that time, like, I was a heavy weed smoker. Daz would come in with. He'd be blazing up the big weed. He'd be buying champagne early in the morning. It'd be 9 o'clock in the morning. We drinking champagne, smoking weed while I'm drawing. You know what I mean? So right. Daz was really, like, hands-on with his project. So I had I had a lot of fun working with Pac, too, but Pac didn't really sit with me. He didn't come to sit with me like that. I had to go sit with Pac. But Daz, he would come in and really just sit there with me. You know what I mean? And And just tell me which direction to go and what he liked and what he didn't like. Okay, okay. So let's talk about the book, Art Is My Life, The Streets, Tupac, Death Row Records, and now let's let's what what made you decide to write a book? I felt like it was it was so many people that were like that were like it's a lot of people out there right now that I feel like, you know, they like to make their claim to fame to talk about Death Row Records, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, I, a lot of people try to capitalize on uh, Death Row. Bruh, <laughs> the only thing I can say is this. It's a lot of people that that's to this day coming out talking about they was affiliates with Death Row, but I don't remember seeing you. And you was at the office every yeah, day. I was at the office every day. I've been in the studio. I've been traveling. I did all of this. I don't remember seeing you. You feel me? Yeah. So I felt like this was the opportunity for me to be able to tell my story because, like I said, I never really got the opportunity to be able to tell my story, so I felt like that's what I wanted to do. So. Yeah. I told my story, you know, I told how I got there, how I started, what I was going through at the time, you know what I mean? I worked on a lot of album covers. I just, I basically just talked about my whole, my whole experience there at Death Row. Right. And like I said, I just wanted to, I wanted to just write that book because like I said, it was just a lot of people that, that, that just have that claim to fame, but I I really don't, I don't remember these cats. So did you uh, self-publish the book? Yeah, I self-published it. I did it myself, put it together, me and my partner. 
put it together. It took me maybe about a year to write it, get all the pictures and stuff together. Yeah, so so it's out. It's out right now. Yeah, it's out right now. Where, yeah, where, where, where can, can I get it? Uh, I got I got copies. If y'all want to get them from me, I got I bought a couple copies here. Oh, yeah. I, I'm definitely gonna get one. But I'm okay. saying for the listeners, where can oh, the you can pick it, it up at uh, riskyforever.com. Yeah. And that's I spell my name differently. It's R I S K I E F O R E V E R dot C O M. You could go right there and you could pick it up along with a lot of other my artwork and stuff that I had there, like clothing, shirts. Oh, so you actually sell like your art on the website? Yeah, I sell my art. I sell clothes. I mean, I just came out with a blanket maybe about two months ago. I've been doing like these blankets and stuff from like all my artwork. I have escaped my own skateboard decks. That's dope. That's dope. So now that you... um, I seen that you uh, a death row coloring book. I said you are you behind that, right? Yeah, I did all of that, man. It took me about a year to do that. At that time, I had just got finished being in this little crazy accident, man. So I was like at home every day. I was looking at all these other hip hop coloring books, and I was like, "Damn, man, everybody got all these goddamn hip hop coloring books, but the people don't even look like the people." <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So I wanted to do something different and bring, you know, my own coloring book, and I just wanted to just revolve around all the hot people that was at death row. And that's available on your site also? That's available on my site also. So how, how do that go? Like, a lot of people get that, like, for their kids and stuff like that. I the mean, adults might be getting that I mean, them keepsakes. That's yeah, like, you yeah. got some of them with you too, bro? Yeah, I got some of them with you Yeah, yeah, that, that's... Yeah. I had people, like... I had people literally, literally, the first day it dropped. I couldn't even go to sleep because, like, my PayPal... <laughs> My PayPal, my Shopify, Gee, like I don't know if y'all got Shopify, but it do that little cash register sound, clean. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the whole night, clean, 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 clean. Like I had people literally buying those books. Like and I see, I think like in under twenty four hours, I had sold almost two hundred books. Yeah. Cool, cool. So yeah, have you dope. thought about getting that in stores? Like, is it like? Yeah, actually, I had Amoeba Music was carrying it. Amoeba Music in uh, in Hollywood, and I had Amoeba Music in Berkeley. They were they were both carrying it. So, like, have you ever walked into like a store or something, say like a Hot Topic, and seen your artwork? Nah. And because I, the reason nah. I asked that because I was at the mall uh, the other day, mm-hmm. and I go into the store and I notice like it's Hot Topic, you know, like mm-hmm. you know that bullshit yeah. ass Hot yeah. Topic store, and they got shirts with the Death Row logo, they got Wu Tang logos, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I know these people who putting out these shirts ain't got hey, no nah. no got nothing to do with this. But you know see, what, I'm what you what you what you what you saying is you just seeing the logo. Go, you ain't seeing none of my artwork. You right, know, right. Why, that's what I'm saying. But you, you're right. You know why they can't they can't even put that artwork out unless I sign off on it. And I haven't been like quick to sign off on nothing. I signed off like maybe two years ago. I signed off on Christmas on Death Row with E1 Entertainment. But then after that, I was like, oh, I ain't signing off on nothing else. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like they ain't really treat me right. You know what I mean? They didn't really give me, you know, what I deserve. So I was like, I'm not signing off on nothing else. You know what I mean? So, And by you being a natural artist, can people contact you and have you do uh, portraits and stuff for them? Like, oh, yeah, that happened all the time. People always hit me up, you know, want me to do portraits and want to, you know, do album covers and stuff like that. It happened all the time. So what's some, some new album covers that you might have done? I can't even really think of no new album covers that I've done because, like, I took like I took a hiatus for maybe like about a year and a half on like doing all types of stuff, man. The only thing I really can really say that I really did, I, I did a um, I did a piece of artwork for A and E like last April, and they end up airing it on a uh, who who shot Tupac docu series, and okay. I end up having like my own commercial and stuff out of that. Okay. okay. So other than that, I haven't really like. 
I had offers. Matter of fact, the last person that had got at me about doing an album cover for them was, uh, dang, man, let me think of his name. He ended up getting killed, man. Um, he was from Atlanta. Bankroll Fresh? Bankroll Fresh. Yeah, oh, man. I yeah. fuck with Fresh. That's actually how I got up on you, though, the, uh, that Tupac documentary on mm-hmm. A&E when it aired. And uh, I don't know, you, you came across the timeline. Cause I, like I kept seeing you post, like I seen you post, like you, it was gonna be on there about mm-hmm. your own commercial. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, damn, who who is dog? Then I like hit it, I mm-hmm. looked, and I'm like, damn, he did all of this, and that's why we reached out to you, man. Because like our platform is all about connecting the people <coughs> with the people who really doing this work, who mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Because back then, like you said, it wasn't on social media, and like who know who the artist is? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like if you work at one of them big record labels, it's just mad people in the art department who mm-hmm. know like it's really a black guy who started in Compton who take art as serious mm-hmm. as the next person and he he, he got, put like, it in the hard work because work you said you was drawing them pictures giving them to your homeboy show him this show him this show him this yeah I mean the hood just kind of the hood loved me anyway you yeah. know where I came from because a lot of times when people would get killed in my neighborhood they would all be <laughs> excuse me they would all be coming to my house like Risky, can you do this for me? Or I would go to the homie's house and I would be out there airbrushing rest and peace shirts for everybody, you feel me? Yeah. So I'm in the neighborhood already had love me. And then for Death Row to come from the same neighborhood that I came from, it was yeah. only just a matter of time before I end up getting connected into that. Yeah, yeah. And then, like I said, you had a clear-cut goal. This is what I want to do. And then you end up working on, like, the biggest mm-hmm. projects to ever come I out. I kept telling myself history. that. Every day I kept telling myself, I got to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to yeah. get there. And it ended up happening because I just, I just really... I really made that my focal point. You know what I mean? It, right, but the, the 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 bittersweet thing about the uh, the Machiavelli album cover is Pac never got to see that, right? No, Pac got to see it. Okay. The, I like to say, man, the Machiavelli album cover, man, it was like a gift and a curse for me. You know what I mean? Because it was like the day I took that album cover to Tupac, you know what I mean? That was the day before he got shot. Yeah, you okay, feel me? So okay. I had given him the Machiavelli album cover and then there was another piece of the album that he had and I had gave it to him you know that 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 Friday, and man, I swear, like it wasn't. It didn't even seem like it was twenty four hours, man. And he was shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, now, like from being around like Death Row, like you really was in the mix. How, how do you feel about this stuff that's coming out lately? Far as the the shows, like, do you even watch them? Yeah, man, I watched I watched that Get Down on USA, man. You know, it kind of it just seemed real eerie to me. It's like. Yeah, man, you might have a few facts, but then you take you take you take a few facts and then you mix it up with bullshit. You feel me? And yeah. then you present that to the world like, oh, this is the truth. Yeah, that shit, man, that shit ain't the truth. Like, yeah, y'all had a couple of real names in there. Y'all had a couple of real niggas on there. You know what I'm saying? And y'all yeah. mentioned them and y'all y'all portrayed that role, but. To me, that's not really. It wasn't really the facts. I mean, right. the whole shit to be like, oh, little half dead killed Tupac over little over um over dear mama. Come on, man, that was some that, that was like some corny shit. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I think that you know, out of the whole situation that really hap- happened at death row, I think a lot of people really don't want to accept the fact how Pac really died. You feel me? Yeah. So they want to add a ten to a twenty. You know what I mean? They want to yeah. make it seem like. It's just it is what it was, yeah. man. You know what I'm saying? He just he got caught up in some some real 
gangster shit. Yeah, yeah. So have you ever uh, dibbled and dabbled with the rap music, being uh, from Compton, and that's like? I mean, yeah. I, I actually was on gang related. I did a um, I did a hook on a song called Freak Something on Gang Related, and then after that, I really didn't, you know push too hard to be on any more albums because yeah. I think Suge was to the point to where he was like oh no I risky need to stick to drawing <laughs> you feel me I don't think he really wanted to see me you know go go nowhere with that so he kind of held me to you know doing the art up there yeah. and that, which I didn't kinda, have a problem with that because that's your thing but yeah. like a lot of people think especially where we're coming from where we come from they think like you gotta be like a one trick pony you know what I'm saying like it'd Man. be hard for people to accept that people could do more than one people, thing people didn't understand I was like like multi-talented man yeah. you know what I mean it's like when I was growing up I was cutting people hair in my neighborhood you know what I'm saying I'm airbrushing the shirts you know what I'm saying I'm doing clothes I'm doing everything you know what yeah, I'm saying everybody one stop shop. yeah I was a one stop shop even now people be looking at me like well, Risky, what what all can you do? What, what do you need me to do? You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Like, I'm you need fluent a book? On, I got a book? Yeah, yeah. I, I got a book. I'm fluent on doing computer. I, I, I do computer graphics. You know what I'm saying? I... I I end up t- having to take a class in computer in computer graphics and, and Adobe Photoshop, so I'm proficient yeah. in all of that. You know what I'm saying? I can airbrush, I can hand paint. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could, I could, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it don't, it don't just stop at one thing for me. I remember back in the day, I just be like, oh, I can airbrush. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. was it. But now, not, not, not now. I can do whatever, whatever he could do. I can do it too. Yeah. So out of all of the ways that you know, you know how to draw, you know how to paint, you know how to airbrush. What's your favorite? Like when you really feeling like, yo, I want to get down. What what tool, what utensil do you pick up? I think the airbrush, the airbrush, because that's that's so what I'm used to. You know what I mean? But it wasn't until I started really like following Basquiat's story, and that's crazy because you know what I'm saying you told me about that as soon as I walked in that that was gonna be the person that everybody needed to know. But I started following Basquiat's story, and I looked at like how he came from the streets like I did. You yeah. know what I mean? And it was like, I remember people used to give me acrylics and paintbrushes, and I used to throw that shit in the trash. Be like, man, I ain't, man, I'm good on that right there. I'm with the airbrush, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it wasn't until I started watching his story, and I started watching him using the paintbrushes and acrylics, and I started seeing like how much his stuff was worth. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I felt like, damn, man, if I don't switch up what I'm doing, I'm not going to really yet be able to get the chance to really be known out here, you know what I'm saying? Because I really ain't seen no airbrush artists, you know, be in a museum, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I see cats, you know, paint with paintbrushes and acrylics and oils and stuff like that, they going up in museums and they, they shit selling like a Basquiat painting just sold like last year, I think for a hundred and something million dollars, you know what I mean? Right. right. So that's, that's I'm like... Now who does that money go to though? His, no, his, his dad still alive, I think. No, his dad is dead. Oh, okay. I, think okay. It, I believe his dad is dead. I believe that, I believe his sister's Run as a state. Okay, now, yeah, you know yeah. Because I, mean? I hate to see other people capitalize off of uh, yeah. off of the work. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that happened a lot. Like, well, and especially a, with artists too. Yeah, like, in 70 years, Bosky ought to be some white mm-hmm. French guy because his name is French. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's how they try to change it. Like, yeah. and that's that's the sad part about how they just steal our art from us. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, man. But w- once I started looking at him and following his story, and I felt like out of all of the artists that I had been like I had seen before, but I felt more entwined to him because of his story like you know what I'm saying I came from the streets you feel me like he and, did graffiti you did graffiti you know what I mean yeah. and then he he ended up going big and I ended up going big but I didn't get I didn't get the shine that he got you know what I mean so I don't know I just like this story and it's like 
I've been in New York. I done been in New York and, and pull up and I pull up to his grave site. You know what I mean? And that's I sit down you know, and yeah, I'll talk to real. him. You know what I mean? I feel like unless you really have a respect for a legend, you can't be a legend. You know what I'm saying? So I know that that's one of the guys that I was looking up to. So like I said, I would pull up, you know, go to his grave site and I would sit there and just, you know, conversate with him. You know what I mean? Get that energy. Feel yeah, that energy. Yeah, 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 get that energy. Now, since you worked in a corporate setting uh, with when you had your Big, a couple of your big breaks since you were artist is your name on there anywhere like you know artists put their name in like the craziest places and you had to find it and where you mean on any of the demo albums on the album covers no you know what uh, the only thing that I really mixed something up into was is because when I did the All Eyes on Me insert at that time when I did it it was like it was crazy but I end up doing the artwork, and at that time, they already had all the credits and stuff made for that album. I felt like the motherfucker Papa G, he could have went back and added my name if he wanted to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he didn't go back and add my name. And one of the things that I just decided to do when I found out how much money that I was going to end up getting for doing it, I it was a 5.0 that I had painted like a silhouette, and on the license plate, I put fuck it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. so I put the fuck it on there and I just let it roll because I felt like you know what I mean fuck it this yeah. is like opening up the door for me to be able to get here even though you know what I'm saying every album after that that I did I got personal credit on every one of those albums yeah so y'all who still got y'all physical copies open it up go and look for my man name cause he got the physical credit because like we were saying is it wasn't no way to say I did this you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah like, it was I'm the artist who did this I took my time and put this together so what's next for you what you got coming up I mean right now what's next for me right now I've been really like debating right now I mean I'm supposed to have my first show coming up in Abu Dhabi in November straight up yeah man I'm, they working on that right now I have people from the consulate of Abu Dhabi already didn't reach out to me or whatever they trying to work on to figure like how they gonna get me out there they want me to like come out there and speak they want me to do a live piece and they want me to do some stuff out there, so that's that's like something that I'm gunning for right now. Now, when you do live pieces, who who walk away with that? I really don't know. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you know, this out of all of the years that I've been like painting and stuff, I never really had a solo show or did an art show or showing yet. That was, you know that was, that was my next question. question. Yeah, yeah I haven't I haven't did that yet. So that's like one of the biggest things that I'm trying to do for myself this year. I mean, I'm I'm working right now with my friend. I don't know if y'all heard of Andre Leroy Davis. He actually was the person that was doing all of the artwork in the Source magazine back in the day. He would do what they called the last page, where he would do like a comic strip about all the artists. You know what I mean? All the artists that were on the cover. Yeah. He would like do he would do like a funny comic strip about them in the end. And then I got another homie of mine. His name is um, Shirt King Fade. They were part of the original Shirt Kings out of New York. The ones that were like doing all of the airbrush shirts for like. BBD, LL Cool J, yeah, you know, yeah. and then, like back in the day, like I was inspired by the Shirt Kings too. So it's like real cool for me to be able to, you know, sit down with Faye and like we were talking about doing a show together. And then most recently, yesterday, I had a friend of mine who represents Amber Rose. She called me and was talking about let's do like a West Coast art show. And we're supposed to be sitting down about that, like, you know, sitting down about that, um, like, next week. So when you say West Coast art, can you kind of explain that for people who don't know? I mean, she really wants to, like, portray it, like, you know what I mean, just West Coast art in general, like, from everywhere. Not just the whole Death Row era, but just our culture, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because 
every state got its own culture. Like I'm pretty sure y'all got y'all own oh, culture. Yeah, yeah. You know we're what from I'm Michigan. Saying? That's Gators and Cardis yeah. and stuff like that. You yeah, know what I'm see, saying? we don't. We never. Nobody ever really on this side of the coast from our coast ever really did like something or our show that really represents our coast. Yeah. So that's what we working on. She want to sit down and try to work on that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm game for it. You know, they want to use me as the focal point, the head artist in charge. So, I mean, I'm with it because like I said, I never really had an art show before. Yeah. So it's about me, you know, going that next level now, you know what I mean? And really do that showing and, and, and try to, you know, put, put my work out there and establish myself as who I am, as, as who I am today. And trying to really get up in that art game like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so is, is it any uh, up and coming young artists that you like that you helping out, watching, seeing what's going on? Because you're nah. still in contact with the art teacher. Is she still an art teacher? Or? Yeah, she's still an art teacher. Nah, man. Like so far as like other artists and stuff like that, I do have other artist friends, but just really to just sit down with them and be like collabing, and I don't really get down like that too much no more. You know what I mean? I like the. I really don't like I just went to I went to a show for Knowledge Bennett like last week and Knowledge is like he he's an artist but he doesn't really do like how I do like he doesn't he's not really a painter at least that's not what I saw he's more like along the line of like graphics and putting together different like more computer know, type yeah, of yeah more see he does that but like other artists like I really don't like to even see their shit yeah, like, you know what I'm you saying. Don't wanna feel I like don't want to feel like you. Yeah, yeah I, I hear wanna, comedians say that a lot. Yeah, like, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to listen to they stand up because I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be doing my own thing. That. Yeah, and I <laughs> yeah. heard it over there. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So I don't even like. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't want to see your shit. I actually wish more artists, uh, musicians, thought like that because that's how we come to today where mm-hmm. all the music sound the same. Is because we, mm-hmm. you, everybody listening to the same people. So then now you got every rapper rapping with that cadence. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, I don't even listen to really too much of the music. Music this day, man. I'll be going back to the 90s listening yeah. to that music because, like you said, everybody sound the fucking same. You feel yeah. me? So it's like, I don't know. Sometimes for me, in order for me to really be inspired on what I'm doing, I'll go listen to shit to the genre where I came from. And that's what inspires me to come up with what I try to come up with today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So where are you drawing your inspiration from? Not just knowing that you want to be in a museum. Nah, man. You know, I right now I've been just like getting my inspiration from how I feel. Yeah. You feel me? Like, like I can't even say that my city really inspires me anymore. You know what I mean? Because it's like I done seen enough people die. You feel me? Yeah. I done seen enough ratchetness. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I done seen enough of that to where I'm not even. I'm, I love my city. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but it doesn't inspire me. I think what comes from my heart inspires me more. You feel me about the, even the sadness. You know what I'm saying? The happy times, the bad times. I, all of that inspires me. You know, yeah. music. That that's what inspires. Have me. you uh, only lived on the West Coast? Yeah, but I've been back and forth to New York a lot. You know yeah. what I mean? And Man, I went to New York, bro. Like, I done been in New York. I just came back, you know. I done been in New York, and I done came and been like, bro, I want to move out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I feel so... I feel so at ease when I'm in New York because I feel like that's a part of me. You know what I'm saying? Because I always wanted to know about the real hip-hop shit. Right, right man, Legendary right, hip-hop. Right, connected with the culture. Yeah, right. so I really felt connected with that. So at one at one time, like, I, I wanted to go out there and really live out there. Yeah. Like, I done been out there on my own, got Airbnbs, came home, you know, I'm standing in the brownstone, go sit on the stoop, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, what's up to people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah so... 
I mean, I, I just feel like I feel really just close to that type of stuff. So like, I just I try to like travel a lot. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And soak I, and in I a lot more. I always say that too. Like, well, it ain't it ain't Harlem no more. But I always want to like be like, yo, we need to grab like a spot in Harlem because we got daughters. Like, just so they can mm -hmm. soak that up. Like, mm -hmm. and be like, oh no, like I used to go to Harlem when I was a kid. But you know, it ain't even Harlem no more. And I'm pretty sure the same thing going on out I mean, here. It, it's different. Well, I haven't. I can't really even say it's different. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm just now experiencing. That. Yeah. But when I go out there, the people that I deal with, they tell me how it's different because it's gentrified now. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like you it's like you walk down the street, you seeing white people. It ain't like, you know, you when you watching like TV and you see <laughs> right. like Nikki Barnes and all <laughs> yeah, of them and they, yeah. you know what I'm saying, they shooting the streets up. It ain't like that no more. You yeah. know what I mean? It's more it's more open. Something is always going on day and night. They got handball courts over there. They really playing, you know, <laughs> yeah, stuff is really going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, people walking their dogs. It's like it's different, you know what I mean? So, but I like it, though. I go out yeah. there and my homies be like, man, I don't even like New York, man. It's too dirty, bruh. I like it out here. You know what I'm saying? It ain't dirty to me. You, you, know you ride the subway and shit like that? Man, I did. Like, I got on the subway, like, from, like, my first time, you know what I mean, by myself. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, I, I'm so, I've been out there so much that I just kind of know where I'm going and where yeah. I'm at all, yeah. at all times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, have you, have you, have you ever been to Detroit? No, I've never been to Detroit. It's, it's, a, it's a museum you should check out in Detroit, the African-American uh, Museum. And, like, it's, it got an exhibit. And it, the exhibit starts at slavery. Mm -hmm. So you start, like, on the boat, and you're walking through the boat and shit. And you walk through the whole time up until, like, today. Wow. And you can hear... Like so, when if you, you on got the boat, a kid, if say it, you bring a kid with you, because it's a live exhibit, mm -hmm. they might take the kid from you, because that's what they do in slavery. Like it's mm -hmm. a dope exhibit, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Like, like through the whole and day. like at one point you'll be walking through and you go to the barber shop and you hear the barber talk about how Joe Lewis just knocked such and such out, and a lot of Detroit history is in that as well, because like a lot of people don't know that the Nation of Islam was actually started in the Black Bottom in Detroit. So once you go through there, you get to read and about all of that. Like it's a dope museum. Like mm -hmm. I think. Uh, any artist any any black person need to go but like an artist like when they go and they like sit back and like soak it in it, it's mind blowing bro you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah that sound that sound dope man I like I like going to museums and seeing different stuff like that man you know I've been I've been telling my friend over here like for the last few weeks I'm like you know I wanted to see the King Tut exhibit. You know what I mean? Yeah, we seen all them things. Uh, where's see, that at? Where's that at? I don't know. She told me it was like, what, Exposition Park or somewhere? Like, I really want to get the opportunity to really, like, see that. Like, I'm getting ready to start traveling again, and I'm like, man, I got to do something out the box, man. Like, I don't know. Like, y'all might see me on the gram. I'll be pointing at the pyramids or yeah, something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like I'm, I'm really at the point to where it's like, I've already lived half my life. I'm getting ready to be 46 this summer. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, it's. I'm no, at a point in my life. Look like you 45 years old. I get that. Thank you. I get that. You know what I'm saying? I get that. Thank you. I appreciate that. See, so you see how true. Hey, I be telling people that all the time. I say, hey man, I go sit down with people and I tell them my age, and they be looking at me like you are not 46, like I'm 45, and I I appreciate that, man, because you know I've been taking care of myself. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times I see people that I went to high school. School with, and I'd be like, damn, man, what the hell was going on? Life what got is the best really of them and shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I like, I, li I live my life peacefully, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Stressful shit that's out of my control. I try not to stress about it. You know what I mean? I try to keep 
peaceful, positive people around me at all times. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm over the negativity. It you seems know like you're really connected with with the universe because you know you it's, the, the the saying is true. You put out, you get out there. What yeah, you put, you I, I'm get a firm believer there. there. You get you get what you put in the universe. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If you sit here and you talking negative and you throwing that shit into the universe, man, that shit gonna come back to you. You right. feel me? If you out here throwing positivity into the universe and that's what you're looking for, that's what you're gonna attract. You yeah. know what I mean? You're gonna attract positive people around you at all times. So I put I put what I want back from the universe into the universe yeah you know what i mean and that's like that's what we operate on because uh we live by the saying i want for my brother what i want for myself and mm-hmm. we actually we actually live by that that's not just something we say See, y'all good for that man because it's a lot of people man they don't want the same thing they don't want nobody else to have the same things they got or even look like they trying to move ahead to get the same things that they got you yeah. feel me and that's no, what I just, we just want to yeah man. that's why we just why yeah, we start I'll telling saying, people that brothers yeah. brothers got the cheeseburger mentality you know what i'm saying because i feel like you know caspi over here you know it's all right to have a cheeseburger you can have your cheeseburger i can have my cheeseburger but the minute you start putting more meat on that shit they mad they you put an extra it. slice of cheese you get a piece of bacon over here on yours you yeah. got the next nigga mad at you you feel me and it, it ain't, i'm not i like to tell cats bruh i'm not doing nothing that you, you can't, can't do, do. Yeah. Right, you right. feel me i just put my mind on a goal and i stick to that you yeah. know what i'm saying so if more people thought with the power of what they have in their mind instead of always doubting themselves or feeling like, man, I just now started going to the gym. You feel me? Every day I've been going to the gym. You know what I mean? Died and going to the gym. You feel me? Do you know how many people that was really like, I want to go to the gym too? And just, and just never do it. Just never do it. You know what I'm saying? Just can't go. Do you know how many people that was like, oh, I'm going to start going when you go? I don't see nobody. <laughs> right. You feel but I'm me? still I here up, every day. I get yeah. up and go to the gym by myself. And I, and I thought to myself, I said, you know what? I don't really need a gym partner. Right. You know what I mean? Because that person that go to the gym with me, we not going to share the same results. Right, because yeah. I'm looking to do something that I'm looking to yeah. do, and you looking to do something that you looking to do, and I might be achieving the goals you, you want. Not, you know what I mean? So I feel like, bruh, I came in the world by myself. I'm going to leave it by myself. Yeah. So I could get up and I could float to this gym by myself. Yeah. I don't really need nobody to go with me. You know what I mean? Now I got everybody looking at me. Oh, you slamming up. You doing, okay, cool, thank you. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? I'm working on it. Yeah. I looked at your feet, man. I see you got them Jordan ones. You big in the shoes? Oh, man. Bro, I got so many shoes. Like, man, it's, they finna push me out my room, man. <laughs> They finna push me out my room, man. I just went and got the cop the threes yesterday. You know, yeah, the oh, Katrina's. Katrina three, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. It's like, man, I had to really, like, I think after I get the homage to homes and the cap and gowns, I think I'm good. You man. know, if you know somebody in high school, they could uh, order them cap and gowns early. I just, uh, somebody nah, just put up? me on that. Yeah. Wow. You gotta go. I tell you uh, the app off of the, because I, I ain't no free promo. You feel yeah, me? Oh, but yeah. You could go to a certain app, and uh, if they if they in high school, it, they got to be able to prove it somehow, mm-hmm. but you can yeah. order it. You can order it early. Yeah, yeah. I'll say after that, I'm good, man, because I done been like, I'm like a platinum member of Foot Locker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like platinum. If you had to pick just three that you had to rock with forever, what you picking? Out of the J's? Period. Period. Shoes? Yeah. I think the ones. Do I gotta say a color? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay, you can only rock with three. I'm on. I'm oh like, oh, man, you killing me, three. man. You hurt my feelings right now, man. Because <laughs> I, 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 I really. Let's go, let's go with five. Hey, man, I gotta have. I gotta have the, the Jordan ones, the red and the blacks. Yeah. You know what I mean. Then I gotta have some foams. Yeah. 
I got so many pairs of phones. I can't even pick a favorite. I think the f- mo- the most ones I got, I got the Big Bangs with the Galaxy Band. Them oh, shit's yeah, just yeah, like yeah, so yeah. hard. I just yeah. bought them the other day. I paid like five hundred dollars for them shoes. Yeah. Let me see. Number three. What can I say? Number three, man. I can't even floss you, man. I can't <laughs> even think. Like, man, it's like it's so cold, man. It's like. I feel like sometimes I gotta I got I can't even get dressed unless I just say what size what, what shoe I want to wear because then I'm gonna match up with my shoe. Yeah, because it's hard to first, yeah. yeah it's hard to be like I'm gonna get dressed and then I'm gonna go find a shoe after that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hey man, we want to uh, thank you for coming, man. We really oh, yeah, appreciate man. it. Like I always say, like every connection start with an introduction. Like I just reached out to you because I knew he was gonna be here, mm-hmm. and we never really heard you talk because like the people we have on, we like we do extensive research, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Like, bro, like, we got to get him on. I don't think I ever heard him, like, get in depth about what what it is he do and who he is. You know man, what I'm saying? I appreciate y'all looking out, man. That's why I was like, yo, I got to, you know, respond and hit you back up. I know I was kind of off because, like, yesterday I was like, man, this cold was, like, tearing me down. And man. you know what's to- crazy? We was on the flight coming here. And then we had got to the hotel, so I'm like, damn, let me check my uh Your messages. My, my messages. And I'm like, dog, he said this at eight o'clock, dog. <laughs> hey, so look, you can tell my friend right now, you know what I'm saying? I sent you the message early this morning when I got up, like, good morning. What yeah. time you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm pulling up on her. We're going to meet at the ball, you know what I mean? And I and we had this movie. She already done bought the tickets yeah. and everything. You feel me? And I'm like, well, look, um, I just had these people call me about an interview. Yeah. Cause I she was, was like, hot. Damn, we. I'm we sorry about that. Cause yeah, I was we, like, damn, man, you said this was, at eight o'clock, hey, man. She was, you know, it's a big she time was difference. Hot. It's a three-hour time difference. So yeah, she like, you ain't communicating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they just call me right now. I gotta go do it. You know what I mean? I can't turn down no, nobody. It's so fucking crazy, man. So man. we we appreciate that, man. No, nah, like, man, I appreciate y'all having me on and you know just giving me the chance to you know spread my spread my story, you know far beyond you know where I'm coming. from from, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. it feel good. Like, I have people like in Italy, like Spain, like the United Kingdom, yeah. you know, all kind of places that, you know, I know I probably will never ever set my feet, but they know my name, you know what I mean? And they know my work. They so it always, yeah. it always feels good for me to be able to sit down with somebody and they can take my, you know, take my legend a little bit further than I possibly could. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate y'all for just, you know, reaching out and having me on. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, get your social media, man, so people can follow you and uh, contact you, get uh, some of that artwork from you. I mean, y'all can hit me up on Instagram. That's like my main thing. I don't really snap. Yeah chatting all that unless I just got some bullshit going on I just want to throw up there but my Instagram <laughs> is um, risky forever and like I said I don't spell my name with a Y I spell my name with the I-E and that's um, at risky forever and that's R-I-S-K-I-E F-O-R-E-V-E-R and where they can get the book and some of your artwork from I mean you could get it from uh, riskyforever.com spelled the same way you could get everything there I'm not really a big Twitter head but you could get me on Twitter too at Risky Forever. Everything is at Risky Forever. Okay, okay. And then, like uh, we always say, if you want to contact us, PR at TCOHH.org. That's PR at TCOHH.org. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, TCEPod at TCEPod. And uh, I want for my brother what I want for myself. Yeah.